Turn with me this morning to Romans, the 12th chapter. Romans chapter 12, and let's get into some things this morning. Let's release our faith. We'll pray a prayer in just a moment. Believe the Lord to speak to you. Amen. You know, does God really speak to us when we come to church? When we read the Word? That's an awesome thing, isn't it? I think sometimes we don't uh, take that as seriously as we should. But when God is actually speaking, that's a big thing. And you're not limited to what I know. The Holy Spirit's our teacher. He can say some things to you that I didn't even say. He can say things to you about what was said or in between the lines. But if you have ears to hear, you can hear some good things from Him this morning and every time that you come in faith. Let's release our faith together. Father God, thank you for the privilege of being together with each other and with you, for the privilege of having your word and your spirit. And I'm asking you, we're asking you for everybody, for eyes that see, ears that hear, a heart that's receptive. Grant, Lord, revelation of truth that makes free, answers to questions, help and direction for right now, a supply of the spirit and strength in the inner man and outer man. And we'll give you the glory, we'll give you the praise, and we'll not be here only, but we will be doers of the Word, and we know as we do, we shall be blessed in Jesus' name. Say it out loud. You know what I'm going to say? I'm a doer. Say it again. I'm a doer. One more time. I'm a doer of the Word of God. I'm a doer. It's only the doers that get results. Not just, the, not just church goers, not just tape players, not just meeting attenders. It's the, the doers that get results. And we're going to be talking about some things to do this morning. In Romans, the 12th chapter, are you there? Yeah. Romans 12 and verse uh, 13 says this. It says, distributing to the necessity of saints... Given to hospitality. Distributing to the necessity of saints. Given to hospitality. Another one said, share with God's people who are in need. And practice hospitality. Uh, The living says it like this. When God's children are in need, you be the one to help them out. And get into the habit of inviting guests home for dinner. Or if they need lodging for the night. I want to talk to you this morning about holy hospitality. Amen. Amen. Is that all right? Turn with me over to 1 Timothy, the third chapter. We're going to look at another three verses or so here quickly. 1 Timothy... Three. Now that was talking just to everybody, all of us, to distribute to the needs and necessity of the saints and to practice hospitality. Here he's talking specifically to ministers, uh, bishops he calls it, uh, which would be also applied to the pastoral office and also people who would be over a number of churches. We just could say leaders of the church and churches. 
In 1 Timothy 3, 2, 1 Timothy 3, 2 says, A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach. Another translation says, A pastor must be a good man whose life cannot be spoken against. He must have only one wife. He must be hardworking and thoughtful, orderly and full of good deeds. He must enjoy having guests in his home. Enjoy entertaining, we might say, and must be a good Bible teacher. (laughs) These are qualifications for the pastoral office for, for leadership. Everybody say, lover of hospitality. hospitality. Given to hospitality. hospitality. He said the same thing in Titus 1. But go over to 1 Peter, the fourth chapter. That was talking to leaders. And in 1 Peter 4, he's talking again to everybody. All of us. 1 Peter 4 and verse 8. 1 Peter 4 and 8. It says, Above all things, have fervent charity or love among yourselves. For charity, love, shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. Everybody say, without grudging. You know, in the Proverbs, it talks about taking heed uh, about desiring a, a person's dainty meats. Because it said some individuals say, eat and drink, they say, but their heart's not with you. They're saying, yeah, yeah, go ahead, you know, eat my groceries, stay with me. But <laughs> they're, they're doing it grudgingly. They feel like they have to. Well, listen to other translations. It says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. No grumbling. Be hospitable one to another without complaint. How many believe you ought to act on these scriptures? You ought to do what they say. But then that means if you've got a house full of folks, then you don't run around and tell all your friends, Oh, I'll be so glad when all these people leave and go back home. What is that? Grumbling, complaining, and you're disobeying the Bible. Right? Besides that, why do that when you could enjoy it? If you do it, hospitality practiced properly will be enjoyable. Amen? An enriching thing. Not only that, it's a God thing. We're going to get into that. I think you're going to see it clearer and clearer as we go. Another translation says, cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. Everybody say cheerfully. Cheerfully. You know, there's so much false religiosity. People do things out of a sense of duty. There's people go to church. They don't enjoy it. They just do it because they think you're supposed to do it. I have to do it. Mama and Daddy made me do it when I was a little kid. And you got to do it. Elsewise, God will be mad at you. 
People, you know, do things just by rote. Or they, they, they put money in an offering. They don't want to do it, but they think they have to. And doing things with other people. They try to smile and do the nice thing, but are, are begrudging it the whole time they're doing it. Well, that's unacceptable with God because He looks at the heart. Amen. And no matter how many good actions you do, unless you do it willingly, unless you do it gladly, it's unacceptable to the Lord. You'll receive no reward for it. So we've got to make adjustments. Amen. The Bible said if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. How many believe that scripture? In uh, Hebrews, go back, go back just a few pages to the 13th chapter. Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13 and verse 1. Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers. For thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Another another translation says, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. For by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. You don't know who you're being kind to. Right? I mean, we see this, examples in the Old Testament that this happened to specific people of God and how they treated them and how they were hospitable. What if they had turned them away? What if they had been so busy? And that's a key word in today's society, isn't it? Busy. Everybody's so busy they don't have time for anybody else. If people don't have time for their own family, much less a stranger. But we're not going to be like that. I said, we're not going to be like that. This church is going to be a hospitable church. Amen. Amen. The Faith Life family, and, and part of what we're talking about this morning is vision for the church. We're going to be outgoing, and we're going to be friendly, and we're going to be hospitable, and God's going to bless us so that we can be. Amen. But like any other kind of sowing, it starts not where you want to be. It starts where you are right now with what you have right now. You can't just keep postponing and say, well, one of these days I'll be in better shape and I'll have something that I can be hospitable with. No, you'll never get there like that. You have to start right now. Amen. Amen. With what you have, where you are. I really have it on my heart. There's a reason why we're here. In Branson, Branson is host to what, some 7 million people a year that just want to come and have fun and be entertained. They want to forget about work and forget about their problems and and come and have somebody sing to them and play for them and tell them a joke and entertain them. They want to be, they want to rest and fish and and ride the roads and look and, and be renewed and one of the, I think it was the second thing the Lord told me about this church. The second month we were here, He said, I'm going to bring people here. And they're going to be refreshed and they're going to be renewed. Amen. Amen. He told me He's going to bring a lot of ministers here. And they were going, ministers need to be fed. They need to be helped. 
And when, it, when we talk about ministers, we're not just talking about people that stand behind the pulpit. There are ministers in all walks of life. Amen. All areas of ministry. But, uh, and I'll just say this, we're going to have a hospitality department with people and resources completely devoted to hospitality. Amen. And we've already done a lot of things that you don't know about. I mean, we've, we've, uh, I've had ministers call me that were hurting and tired. And I said, come up here. Come up here. We'll put you up. We'll feed you. We'll take care of you. Amen. And we've done it. And we've spent some money. And I'm glad to do it. Going to spend a lot more. Amen. And we, we have done, we're going to do a lot of things like that, but I, we can't do it all. We can't reach everybody. All the people that are going to come, I'm never going to see all the people that are visitors, but you're going to sit beside some of them. You're going to sit in front of them or behind them. Amen. And I want you to be tuned up to the Holy Ghost. And I want you to be ready and willing to show them hospitality. Make them feel at home. Amen. Time they get in the parking lot good, that they, they feel welcome. And they start resting and start being refreshed. Amen. And that you're ready to bless them. I said you're ready to bless them. You're, you're ready to be friendly. None of this coming in here and being stiff and cold. And just marching out and keeping to yourself. And hmm? No, it's not going to work. I said it's not going to work. We're going to be friendly. We're going to reach out. Amen. You, you, you're going to be feeding people. Thank you for those three amens. I said, you're going to be feeding people. Be taking people out to restaurants. You're going to be picking up the bill. Amen. You'll be putting money in people's pockets and in their purses. Giving them rides, taking them to places, setting up things for them. Buying them tickets to shows. Amen. Being nice to them. When they leave, they'll think, man, that's one of the best times I have ever had. Glory to God, God was so good to me. I just feel refreshed. I feel renewed. It's happening. It's going to happen much more. You and I are going to be a big part of it. Can you say amen? Yeah. Hospitality, the word, now, how many see it was? One, two, three, four, five places in the New Testament we're told to practice hospitality. How many believe we ought to do it? Yes. It's not just a small thing. It is. It's a, it, sometimes people talk about, well, you know, that's just, we, he's talking about southern hospitality. Well, no, the northerners talk about their northern hospitality. And the westerners, their western hospitality. And Canadians, their Canadian hospitality. And I've been other countries. And I've experienced good and bad all over the place. <laughs> But I'm not talking about regional hospitality. I'm talking about holy hospitality. I'm talking about godly hospitality. Somebody said, well, it's just nice to have manners and be hospitable. No, it's godly. It's beyond nice. It's godly. It's Christian. The word literally, hospitality in the scriptures literally means fond of guests. <laughs> Everybody say fond of guests. Now, even if you've had some bad experiences with guests, <laughs> I want you to start saying it by faith. 
<laughs> Even if your head says, no, 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 I don't want nobody staying with me. I don't, I don't, I don't. I got my house just like I like it. I don't want nobody messing with my stuff. They scare my cat and bother my dog. And uh, they make a mess. And I don't, listen, you either need to get saved or you need to start acting like you are because it ain't just about you. And the world don't just revolve around you. And your main objective as a Christian is not to be comfortable. And make your own self happy. The Bible said bear one another's burdens. Didn't it? No. And and being a Christian is going to mean that you have to inconvenience yourself. Frequently. Hmm? But if you'll, if you'll learn how to put your flesh under, after a while, you'll, you'll, you know, your flesh won't be like it used to be. You'll just get used to not expecting so much for yourself. Amen. And as you're sowing, it'll start coming back to you. Amen. And God will give you quality time for yourself if you'll sow to others. Everybody say fond of guests. I'm fond of guests. <laughs> that was weak. We're going to have to say that another three or four times. Say it again. I'm fond of guests. One more time. I'm fond of guests. Amen. We practice hospitality. That's what we do. As individuals, as families, as a church. We practice Hospitality. This is a big part of your witness, your Christian witness. This is a big part of keeping the New Testament commandment to love each other as He's loved us. It's, it's a, a wonderful thing that you can be an answer to somebody's prayer. You can be a channel that God uses to meet other people's needs. Are you interested in that at all? Amen. And... Just from a purely, if you want to call it that way, selfish standpoint, it's a big key to your prosperity. I'm going to, I'm going to show you this. I've seen it. People that are free and free-hearted and liberal with their stuff, God blesses them. He gives them more stuff and better stuff. Now I'll just go ahead and jump right into it. Are you Are you ready? One of the reasons people are not hospitable is because of, well, like two of them, is because of pride and because of selfishness. People are afraid. They won't let anybody else use their car because they're afraid somebody might put a scratch on it. Well, what if they do? I said, what if they do? You get your heart right, God will give you a new one every year. You can trade it off just because it's got a scratch on it. God can get you in shape. Amen. Well, they're liable to set something on my coffee table and put a ring on it. Well, they might. So what? I said, so what? Stuff is not as important as people. Amen. We don't just need to say we agree with it. We must practice it. 
stuff is stuff. It's just stuff. They make new ones every day. And the new ones are improved. But see, part of the reason why people won't be hospitable and not free with their stuff is because of a lack of vision and a lack of faith. They say, hey, I worked hard for that, and I keep my stuff not. And what they are afraid of is that they could never get another one. And they're idolatrous. This stuff means too much to them. Did you hear me? Oh, that's my baby. You talking about your car? It's a car. It's not your baby. That's my baby. Nobody touches my baby. And you need to get delivered. Amen. Can't let somebody wear my clothes. Well, just give them to them then. I'm serious. <laughs> Now, if you don't like this message this morning, it's especially for you. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Glory to God. How many believe God is a good God, a God of increase, a God who will bless you, increase you? Give you nice stuff. But do you understand that one of the principal reasons for you to have a lot of money and to have a lot of nice stuff is so you can have the ability to love people with stuff. To bless people with stuff. Isn't it? I've seen it. I'm thinking of individuals right now. I remember years ago, the Lord was taught, teaching me about some of this. They were so free with all their stuff and so generous. And next thing you know, they just have more and more and more and more. Why? Because they're not covetous. They don't worship the stuff. Did you hear me? It doesn't have an improper priority in place in their life. And because they're sowing and because they're generous, faith works by love. And because they're exercising love and giving, it comes back to them. Multiplied in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Can you say amen? amen? Well, go with me, if you would, to Genesis 18. And let's look at a few examples of godly and holy hospitality. Genesis Chapter 18, the Bible said, practice hospitality, minister to the needs of the saints. In Genesis 18, we have the story of Abraham. Did you know that you and I are the seed of Abraham? Did you know that Abraham's blessing is ours? Did you know that one of the first things that God did in blessing Abraham is that he made him very rich? I'm quoting. Who made him very rich? Do we have the same God? Do we have the same blessing that Abraham? Yes, but another side of that, it's more to it than just saying, I'm the seed of Abraham. The blessing of Abraham is mine. That's good. But you also need to realize what kind of man Abraham was. Right? 
What kind of man was he that God could bless him like that? Well, for one thing, Abraham was a man that would do anything God told him to do. He would go anywhere he told him to go. He would give anything he asked for, including his, first, his only son. Right, his firstborn son by Sarah. And he was a man who preferred his brother. Remember that situation with Lot and how he just gave him everything? He was a giver. He was generous. He was a tither. You remember that? Tithed. And among other things, he was hospitable. A man who practiced hospitality. In this first verse of Genesis 18, the Lord appeared to him. In the plains of Mamre, this is talking about Abraham, and Abraham sat in his tent door in the heat of the day. Now, Abraham is rich. He does not have to punch a clock. He's got hundreds and hundreds of employees. He's very, not just rich, he's very rich. He sits in his tent and does what he wants to all day long. Amen. Well, he's in his tent. And he lifted up his eyes and he looked and three men stood by him. He saw three men. He didn't know who they were. And when he saw him, he ran to meet them. He's 99 years old. And very rich. (laughs) He could have just said, well, wonder what those guys are up to. Hmm? He could have said, well, I'm not going out there. Send somebody out there. See, let them see what's going on. He got up himself. The head man Did, didn't just walk, ran to meet him. I'm talking about godly, holy hospitality now. Ran to meet him and bowed himself to the ground. And he said, my Lord, if I've found favor in your sight, pass not away, I pray you, from your servant. Little, little water, I pray you, be fetched and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree. I'll fetch you a morsel of bread, and comfort your hearts, and after that you'll pass on. For that's why you came here. And they said, okay, do it. Amen. Is this hospitable? He didn't know these people. He didn't know who they were at first. Abraham hastened. He hurried up. And he went to the tent to Sarah. Now Sarah's rich. She's got scores of people that keep house for her. Did you hear me? And he told her, he said, I want you to fix these guys a meal. I want you to do it real quick. And so she did. And Abraham himself ran out to the barn and personally selected a calf. We're talking about hospitality now. How many understand it takes time to do this? And it takes money to do this. And, you know, even if you had something else going on that day, you need to realize when it's time to set stuff aside and to show hospitality. And he fetched him and he took him to a young man and he told him to dress him and he hurried up and dressed him. He took butter and milk and the calf he had dressed and he set it before him and he stood by them under the tree and they did eat. 
So he's standing by there, I guess, waiting on them. The great man himself. Y'all need some more veal? You like that? How about some more bread? Need some bread? How many remember Jesus said his disciples were arguing about who would be the greatest? And he corrected them. He said, it'll not be in my kingdom like it is in the kingdom of the world. Because the, the biggest dogs, I'm, this is Keith Moore translation, the big dogs rule over the little dogs. He said, but in the kingdom of God, the one who is the greatest will be the servant of all and minister to all. Don't you remember he himself, uh, right before his, his going to the cross, he, he got up from supper, took off his robes, put on a towel like a servant would, and washed his disciples' feet like a servant. This is the way of, our, of the kingdom of God. This is the Christian way. Yes, Can you say amen? amen? And so he stood there and waited on them. And you know the rest of the story. They got through eating. Now, just a little thought here. Did you know the angel of the Lord and angels ate meat? Hmm? Beef and milk and butter and bread. You know, it's okay to be a vegetarian if you want to be one, but don't preach that it's holier to be one. Right? I just thought I'd throw that in. Uh, <laughs> uh, now, after this, uh, this hospitality... And they've eaten the meal. And he said, y'all happy? You had enough? Everything good? You want some more to drink? You want, you want, you? Oh, no, we're full. And then the angel of the Lord said, where's your wife at? And began to tell about how God was going to bless them with a son. Wonder if he hadn't been hospitable. Wonder if he hadn't had time for him. That wasn't all. Verse 16, they got ready to go, and they looked toward Sodom, and Abram went with them. Now, this is how we grew up down south. When everybody gets ready to go, you don't just see them out the door. You, you follow them out the door. You go out in the yard and stand by the car and talk another hour. They follow them halfway out the driveway and wave while they... Somebody said, well, that's just... Hey, Abraham did that, didn't he? He followed them out and just kept going with them. He's not planning on going wherever they're going, but he's just helping them get on their way, seeing them off. Amen? And while he was doing that, the Lord they're walking along, and the Lord looked over at him and said, uh, shall I hide from... Abraham, talking about my friend, the thing that's about to happen, and begin to talk to him about Sodom and Gomorrah and the judgment impending, and he had the opportunity to make intercession. What if he hadn't been hospitable? What if he hadn't had time for him? I mean, in the next chapter, the very next chapter, 19th chapter, Lot, who traveled and lived with Abram, learned these same things. And you remember the angels showed up there in Sodom where Lot and his family were living. They shouldn't have been there, but they were there. And how he invited them into his house. He said, boy, you don't need to stay out here in these streets. This is a rough town. You, you better come home with me. And he put them up and he took care of them. And they were the ones that saved his life. 
You remember that? What if he hadn't had time for them? He was entertaining angels and didn't know it. Abraham was entertaining angels and didn't know it. Skip on over with me to 1 Kings 17. Do you all have a few minutes this morning? 1 Kings 17. Everybody say holy. Holy. Hospitality. 1 Kings 17. You know the story here that there was a famine. And the Lord told Elijah, he said, I have commanded a widow woman to sustain you. She didn't know about it yet. But he shows up, you remember? And he knew by revelation who it was. And and he called to her and he said, uh, you know, could you bring me uh, some food? And she said, we don't have anything. I mean, there's a famine. That's like asking for gold. She said, we don't... Uh, have anything. I got just a little bit of meal, a little bit of oil. I'm going to make a little cake. My boy and I are going to eat it, and that's it. I guess we'll just die after that. He said, well, make me a little cake first. Now, boy, what would some of these papers and programs do with that today? Boy, he'd have been on TV for sure. Preacher takes food out of starving child's mouth. But you see why the Lord sent him to her, didn't you? Why? Because in the middle of a famine, in the straightest of situations, with a impending starvation of her own son, she did it. I said she did it. She took him in. She fed him when she had nothing. Now, you know, I said one of the reasons why people are not hospitable is because... Or two, I guess it is, pride and selfishness. People think, well, I don't have enough. I don't have enough to be hospitable. I can't be feeding anybody. I can't feed myself. Then you ought to be looking for somebody to help. Because you need to sow. I said, you need to sow. You need to give because you need a harvest. That was weak, guys. It's a fact. It's true. It's the truth. And people say, well, I don't have, my stuff's not nice enough to have anybody over. It's just my, you know, I know years ago I, uh, some of my students came by and they said they wanted uh, to, to feed us a meal. They wanted us to come over to their house. Well, usually we didn't do that. It was so, so many and it just didn't have the time. But this particular time, I felt like we should. So I said, okay. And uh, he, he and his wife came to me. About a week later, and he said, uh, he said, Brother Keith, uh, I'm sorry, but uh, maybe you shouldn't come because uh, he was a real funny guy anyway. He just said what he thought. He said, because uh, if you come, he said, it's going to cost me too much money. <laughs> and his wife poked him. And he, I said, what do you mean? He said, well, uh, she said that the couch is tore up and nasty. We've got to get a new couch and, and, and you can't come over. I said, why can't I come over? And see, they they had decided, well, the stuff's not nice enough. You know, I remember, you know, growing up and 
and a lot of you know the same thing, and, and, and with our parents and with our grandparents, a lot of times people would come up, and they might have five kids, and, and three other folks come up, and a little old bitty house, and you just invite them all to spend the night. But where are they going to sleep? Pallet on the floor? You know, it's amazing how sometimes three carloads of folks drive up just time you sit down to eat. <laughs> a little old table for four or five people. And my granddad would say, oh, come on in. I mean, such as it is, you're welcome to it. That's the way it's supposed to be. Right? I'll never forget when Phyllis and I first moved to Tulsa to go to Bible school. And uh, we had never been away from home and we were we we barely had enough money to get in town, and we were in the rough part of town. We we're in a, a, what was to us a big city, and we were nobody knew us. We were feeling pretty alone. I'm talking about just like the second or third day we were there. Of course, the enemy's trying to mess with your head. Boy, you've blown it. I mean, you you're going to get out of here and starve. I mean, we didn't know where our next tuition payment or tank of gas money was coming from. And I'll never forget it. The people that lived in the little apartment right across from us, they met us. And they're Christians. And they said, hi, and what are you doing? And we told them. And they said, come eat with us. And what they have? A, a, a pot of brown beans and some cornbread. That's some of the best brown beans and cornbread. I remember it. 20-something years later, just like it was yesterday. Some of the best brown beans and cornbread I ever had. Why? Because it wasn't used to be. And their, their apartment was tiny. You didn't have to yell to anybody. You could just, right where you were, anybody could hear you. Little bitty tiny thing. Ours was right across from theirs. I mean, you could brush your teeth and reach and change a load of clothes and <laughs> fix your cup of coffee without moving. I mean, <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, that stuck with me. That stays with me to this day that they said, hey, how you doing? And they, they, they sat down with us and talked to us and encouraged us and. And told us they'd be there for us and, and fed us those beans and I ate seconds and thirds and it was wonderful. In a tiny little rough place in a bad part of town, but to see a friendly face, somebody act like that they cared whether you were alive or dead. Right? How many understand you can be that somebody? For a guest, for a visitor, for a stranger, you can be that somebody. And you know, I uh, wonder if this woman hadn't received the man of God and hadn't given him that little cake for it. You know what happened? She was fed through the whole famine. You remember that? Her and her son did not die and they ate when other people starved to death because had enough faith to show hospitality. And through their sowing, they reaped. Go on over to Second Kings real quickly. Second Kings. And the fourth chapter. Second Kings, the fourth chapter, you know the story. <clears throat> Verse 8 said, It fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman. What does that mean, a great woman? 
means a rich woman. In Bible, Bible terms, that's what it means. A wealthy woman, a woman of influence, prominence, ability. And she constrained him. The Hebrew literally says she laid hold on him. That's a pretty strong invitation, right? I mean, she said, come on now, you've got to come stay with me. Please. Come on now. Yeah, don't, don't even think about it. Come on, come right now. Stay with me. And so he did. And she must have been a pretty good cook. Because after that, as often as he was in town, he went there to eat. And she said to her husband, Behold, now I perceive this is a holy man of God which passes by us continually. Let us make a little chamber. That means a bedroom. Let's build on to the house. And let's buy him a bed. And let's get him a table. And let's get him a stool and a candlestick. And it'll be when he comes to us, he'll turn in there. Is this still right today? See, this is one of the big reasons why you should be believing for prosperity. You say, well, as long as i got a place to stay and I can pay my bills, that's all I care. It's not all God cares about. You need to get into position where you can minister to people, where you can bless people. Amen. I'm believing for myself right now to have a nice house that I can entertain guest ministers in and other guests. Amen. And I'm believing for you, the people in this church, for you to have nice places, multiple places, places in town and places in the country and places on the lake. I'm believing for you to have several cars. I'm not joking now. So that when people come in, you can put them up. You can put 12 people up if you want to. You can loan three cars out if you want to. And I'm believing for you to have plenty of money. Amen. So if you want to come in on service time with a big roll of $100 bills in your pocket and just walk around and hand them out to visitors. I'm not just telling jokes now. I'm serious. Would that bless people? Yes. We've done things like this, but we're going to do a lot more of it. Amen. And the whole church family. We're going to be blessed to be a blessing. We're going to have means to love people with stuff. It makes people feel special when you take them out and buy them a new suit. Amen. They come into town for a meeting just like this week. And you're in church with them on, on a Sunday night. But then Monday you, you come over and pick them up and take them to some of these outlet malls. And spend $500 on them. I'm serious. Amen. Take them out to eat. Bless them. <laughs> Amen. I'm serious. But you, you have to have a heart for this. You have to want this. You have to believe for And you have to start where? Right now with $5. Right now with your little apartment or whatever it is. Amen. And you watch it as you're generous and as you're free with that, then you'll be blessed. You'll increase. Say it out loud. Stuff is just stuff. People are what matters. We use the stuff to bless the people. Help the people. 
Well, you know the story. They did it. They built an addition on their house. A room on their house. They bought furniture. This costs money. This takes time. This is effort. So they could minister to God's people. Do you know what happened? Came to pass after that. The man of God was laying up in there praying and waiting on God. And God spoke to him about this woman. Didn't he? And he said, he told his servant, he said, call this woman in here. She came in. He said, uh, you have been careful for us with all this care. You've taken such good care of us with all this room and all this stuff. What is to be done for you? <laughs> I'm telling you, you bless God's people, it'll come up before him as a memorial. And there'll come a time when he'll say, what's to be done for them? The Lord himself will seek your blessing. Seek your welfare. And she said, I don't need anything. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. Don't need a thing. He said, you want me to speak to the king for you? He had the king's ear. She said, no, that's all right. You want to move to a better place? closer?" To... She said, no, I like living here. And the servant spoke up and said, they've always wanted a baby. He said, okay. All right. About this time next year, we'll have good news. She said, oh, man of God, don't play with me now. That's too, that's too. He said, just listen to what I told you. And sure enough, they, they got the child. What rejoicing. Wonder if they hadn't had time to minister to God's people. Wonder if they hadn't had time to be hospitable. Didn't want to spend their money on other folks. That's not the end of it. You remember later on, the boy died and was raised from the dead. Whew, glory to God. After that, there were severe economic problems. And they had to leave the country because of the drought and the famine. And when they came back, they happened to come in. Happened. It was divinely ordained. Come in at exactly the time that the man of God was standing in front of talking to the king. And he turned around and said, that's the woman I'm talking about. And they gave her everything her land had produced all the time. She was gone and restored all her stuff to her. Got a son, got him raised from the dead, got all the money that would have, she would have lost. Had her place secured to her. Why? What if she said, well, there's a lot of preachers going around nowadays. I ain't got time for all that. We're busy. I got to take care of my family. I ain't got time for that. It interferes with our life too much. Hmm? Let me give you one more example. In Luke, the 10th chapter. Everybody say, Holy, Holy. Hospitality. Hospitality. We practice it. We're not just talkers about it. We're doers. <laughs> I think you guys are getting this. <laughs> I'm so excited because people are going to be so blessed. God's going to bring people to this church. He's going to bring people through here. And they're going to be beat up. They're going to be tired. They're going to be weary. They're going to be broke. And some of them that couldn't have a vacation. We're going to give them a vacation. In Branson. With us. I'll never forget. Phyllis and I hadn't had a vacation in what was it? 15 years. Had just been working night and day. Night and day. Didn't have the money. We were still struggling financially at that particular time in our life and ministry. And a fellow, actually it was uh, 
Gary, Gary Hayhurst down in Eureka Springs here, uh, sent word to us that he wanted us to come up and he wanted to bless us and put us up in a resort place and minister to us for a week. I'm telling you what, that was nothing short of God's ministering to us. We didn't know how tired we were. I mean, you know, when you just keep pushing and pushing and pushing, a lot of times you don't realize what kind of shape you're in. We got up there on this little old pond in the woods in this neat little cabin. He paid for every every day. He paid for all the stuff. He got us tickets to the uh, Passion Play and just set us up. I'll never forget that. It ministered to me. It helped us. We rested. We were refreshed. I mean, time that week was over, I was raring. I was ready to go again. I'm ready to preach to somebody. Amen? Not dreading it, looking forward to it. Ready to do it. We're going to do that. You believe with me. Amen? I'm believing for the church for resources, people, equipment. I'm believing for you for resources, houses, cars, money. Amen? We're going to treat people royally. Amen. We're going to bring them in. People that couldn't afford to. We're going to bring them in. And we're going to pay their way. And we're going to buy them meals. We're going to buy them groceries. We're going to buy them clothes. We're going to ride them around. We're going to buy tickets to events. And Amen. Treat them good. And they're going to leave here praising God. Leave thanking God. Will you hook up with me on this? In Luke 10. There were some other people who received a preacher who turned out to be a lot more than a preacher. The master. You remember the story? Verse 38, Luke 10, 38. It came to pass as they went, he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. Had a sister Mary. And you remember, she, she was going all out to try to fix him a meal and take care of him. Now she got carried away and, and should have been asking him what he wanted to happen instead of her just making big plans. But how I many understand that her heart was right? Yes. She's trying to take care of the man of God, trying to take care of his team. It's all I guess all his team was there. House is full. Well, that, that inconveniences you, doesn't it? Yes. People are going to get dirt on your carpet, aren't they? They're going to eat up your groceries. They're going to mess up your bed. It's going to be a lot more laundry, isn't it? A lot more house cleaning. I mean, you, you, you get 20 or 30 people, you just try to feed them sandwiches. It costs money now, doesn't it? I mean, you spend hundreds of dollars before you turn around just trying to give them a sandwich. Much less really going out, feeding them a nice meal. But friend, do not look at this as inconvenience. This is part of your Christian testimony. This is part of practicing the commandment of love. This is part of your prosperity. This is part of your sowing. Can you say amen? They did it. Did it benefit them to do this? Oh, my, my, my. The sermons they must have heard in that house. The presence of God they must have had in that house. The healings they must have had in that house. And then you remember one day... Brother Lazarus died. Remember that? And guess who came back to the house? Guess what guest returned? 
Jesus. Next thing you know, they're all sitting up in the house again over in John 12, having a big meal, laughing. And the man that was cold and dead a couple of days ago said, Pass the bread, Lord. Oh, glory to God. Wonder if they hadn't had time. Wonder if Martha said, I'm too busy. I got, I got a business. And Mary said, I got all my social function. I got time to take this preacher and his bunch into the house. Besides that, they'll eat you out of house and home. That's eating this bunch. They'll eat every chicken you got. <laughs> I'll never forget Phyllis and I were just getting started in the ministry. And uh, one of our relatives uh, had, had gone home to be with the Lord. And we needed to get back from Oklahoma back to Mississippi. We had a little, almost a car, a Vega. Anybody know about Vegas? Then you know why I said almost a car. And, and boy, that was a long journey for that little car. But we felt like we had to go. So we, we lit out and we felt like we had to go right then. So it was odd hours. It's about a 12 hour drive at least. And we, we knew shortcuts through the Delta and did cut off some time, but it was a real remote area. And I'm telling you about, it was about 1 in the morning or something like that, about 2 in the morning, that Vega gave up the ghost. <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere. We're out in the middle of the Delta. I mean, there's nobody. And it's cold and it's dark and it's raining. It was in the wintertime, and there wasn't nothing to do. We, we cell phone, we didn't know what a cell phone was. It's been a few years ago anyway, but we had no choice. We got out of the car, started walking. Couldn't see a house. All you could see is soybean fields. Couldn't see any. We didn't know which way to go. So we started walking, and we walked, and we walked, and we walked, and we walked. Mud, rain, cold, dark. We finally saw a little house. The house was a mile off the road. So we went to it and knocked on the door. Somebody yelled from inside, What? What do you want? Who are you? We said, Sorry to bother you. Sorry. We're so-and-so. I know you don't know us. But do you have a phone? No, I don't have a phone. Leave. So we left. Back out into the mud and the rain. And walked and walked another hour. And finally saw another little place, went to it, knocked on the door. And uh, they, from, from inside, never answered the door like the other one. Uh, what do you want? Who are you? We said, well, we're, uh, we're broke down. We just, do you have a phone? No, I don't have a phone. Know anybody that's got a phone? No. Okay. How many times do we do that? About four or five times. I mean, it's like five hours. In the mud, in the rain, in the cold. And finally we knocked on, we, we, we saw this trailer house way out in the cotton field. And we went and knocked on the door and uh, heard somebody scrambling around. We said, we're sorry to bother y'all, but y'all have a phone? And they came and opened up the door. Older couple, they said, no, honey, but come in. Yeah. Built us a fire. We were glad to see the fire. 
And, and the man was, you know, getting dressed a little bit. And he said, uh, well, no, but we'll, uh, what, he had a car, right? He said, I'll take you somewhere. We'll take care of you. It was dark and cold. We were strangers. We were young. They were older. We were white. They were black. But I'm so glad. They were Christians. I'm telling you, it sticks in my spirit to this day. We said, we don't want to put y'all out. And what did the woman say? She said, well, honey, if we can't help somebody, what good is it? What's being a Christian? And I thought that is absolutely the truth. This is what it boils down to. It ain't about, you know, high and lofty ideals and dressing fancy and sitting up in church. It's about where the rubber hits the road on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. Do you have time for anybody else besides yourself? Right? God is a God who loves the stranger. He's a God who is good to guests. He's a God who's there when you're broke. Who's there when you need help. Who's there when you need a friend. Can you say amen? And the way He does it is through His body, through His church in the earth, through me, through you. Make up your mind, I'm going to be there when He needs me. Now, does that mean that you pick up every stranger that you see on the side of the road? Does that mean that you invite everybody you see to stay and live in your house? No, it does not. Nor does it mean that you do nothing for, not, for, for anybody because you're afraid to. Do you see what I'm talking about? People get in the ditch on one side or the other. What is the solution? You must be willing for the Lord to lead you. I said you must be willing. Don't just say no. Well, it's a dangerous world. It's too dangerous nowadays to mess with anybody. Well, then that means you're not going to do anything. No, no. You have the Holy Ghost. I said you have the Holy Ghost. If you'll listen, He'll lead you. He'll guide you. There's times we, we've taken total strangers. We didn't know who they were, where they came from. Taken them into our house, put them up, fed them. And there's times I've stopped and picked people up on the side of the road. And there's other times I've passed right by. Why? There's times I've had a check. No, don't stop. And there's, it's not because of how they look. Did you hear me? Just by what you get on the inside. Won't you say it out loud? I am going to. Show the love of God. In fact, won't you stand up? I want us to release faith. I want us to pray and release faith. Phyllis, come on up here with me if you would. I believe this is serious. Amen. I believe the Lord takes it seriously. Just hold up your, your hands and your heart to the Lord and say out loud, Father God, Lord, here am I. Use me. Send me. I'm making myself available. We're making this whole church, our families, ourselves individually, available to you to use us to help others, to minister to others, teach us about godly, holy hospitality. And we ask you for and claim out of this world 
the money, the resources, the stuff, the ability, the help to be a blessing and a minister to many, that many may be renewed and refreshed and blessed, and there may be much thanksgiving to you for it. Send people here, whoever you would, to this church, across our paths, whenever, wherever, people you could use us to bless and refresh, and we'll do it, and we thank you for the opportunity. Praise you, Lord. Lift your hands and thank Him. Give Him glory. Oh, Lord, we bless you, we praise you, we glorify your holy name. Glory to God, glory to God.